In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So today we'll hear a big noise behind the altar, wondering, wondering what that was. I'll find out in about 10 minutes, and also find out who did it. So today we will uh, look at God's desire to heal us, but so we can live healthy, fulfilling, and godly lives. It's not just about healing, but it's how do we then live healthy, fulfilling, and godly lives. So we will look and work on the account in the Gospel of John. This is the third sign that Jesus gave of his divine sonship. The first was the wedding at Cana, where he turned water into wine. The second was the healing at Capernaum. And now we come to this sign of uh, Christ's healing of the paralytic. It's akin also to baptism. We see this all through these Sundays that follow Pascha that there is a, a reference to water in each of them. Today we see the sheep pool, which uh, historically in the Jewish tradition was where they actually uh, washed the sheep before the sheep was sacrificed. So kind of a cleansing. And so we see this very kind of beautiful imagery of the pool uh, healing, uh, but also as a picture of our own baptism that our baptism heals, our baptism washes us. So of the text, I want to focus on three specific uh, uh, phrases, lines. The first was the question Christ asked, do you want to be healed? The second one was uh, the paralytic response, I have no one to put me in the water. And the last was Christ's admonishment to him, Go and sin no more. So we'll work on those three. So do you want to be healed? Every time I hear this, I hear Father Hopko telling us, he was talking about this passage one time, and in kind of that kind of a New York accent he had, you know, he said, uh, what a silly question. Do you want to be healed? I've been there 38 years. No, I'm sitting here for a suntan. <laughs> I sound like Father Hopko. No, I'm sitting here for a Sunday. But it's a really important question. Do I want to be healed? Because the importance here is that the importance of the question is for us, we may have certain things that we deal with that we still like and we really don't want to be healed. See, the paralytic didn't have to deal with anything. People brought him food every day, right? People took care of him. He didn't have, he didn't have to fulfill any responsibilities. All he had to do was be there, right? So, he didn't, so to be healed, that question was a serious question to him. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to now stand up, take your pallet, and become a responsible citizen again? Oh, no, wait a minute, hold it. Maybe I don't. No, his response was yes, obviously, because the Lord healed him. Rise, take up your pallet and walk. Right away, he says to him. 
So I think for us, we have to look at that in ourselves. You know, we confess, I confess things that, uh, that, I, I, that I like, right? There are certain appetites that I have. I confess gluttony. Lord, I ate too much, I eat too much, I don't pay attention. And guess what I, but the trouble with that sin is that it's pleasurable, right? It's pleasurable. So we'd say on the one hand, yes, I, I, do I really want to overcome my gluttony and eat very simply? Do I really want to do that? Well, maybe not, because I really want that bowl of ice cream. And no, actually, I want the second bowl of ice cream. So do I want this? Do I want to be healed of these things? Anger, you know, we confess this, I do confess anger, but anger is a defense mechanism, right? People get too close to us. People bother us. And you know what can push them away? Anger. I don't want people that close, right? I want to have this defense mechanism. I want to be able to use it. See? I like it. It has an energy. See? So we have to really look at these different things we confess and ask the question, do I really want to be healed of these things? Because the Lord asks that of us. Lust, our lusts, a lust for our, the physical pleasures of life, we know that they're kind of, they're out of bounds, but they're pleasurable, so we have to deal with that part of it. Do I really want to give this up? Really? Am I sick of it? Am I sick and tired of it? Do I really want to give it up? So these are serious questions for us. Judgment. We like to judge others. You know why we judge others? You know, it's actually a temptation from the devil because when we're judging another person, guess what we're not doing? We're not looking at ourselves. We're not looking at ourselves. It keeps us out there, away from away from looking at ourselves. So important for us. Um, so this question, do I want to be healed? And so I think we have to look at that very carefully and, and really begin to uh, commit to fight, to struggle against our appetites, those things that we may really want to hold on to and make a commitment to try to let go of them. It's not an easy struggle, but it is a struggle that God will help us with. I need to let go of those things. I want to be finished. I want to be done. And then this other thing uh, with the paralytic, uh, him asking the question, after 38 years, that number is astonishing. 38 years, he's lying next to the pool waiting for the angel to trouble the water so somebody would put him in. And 38 years? Perseverance? The saints use this commentary that shows that he was exhibiting faith and perseverance. The fact that he would stay near the pool, hoping that somebody would put him in. To persevere for 38 years, hoping to be healed of your paralysis? That built character. This 
This man had incredible character, as St. Paul says in Romans. Perseverance builds character. And character builds hope. And that hope allows God to fill us with his love and the Holy Spirit. So this, for us, beloved, we all struggle with stuff that goes on. We all have stuff in our life that continues. I remember years ago, uh, I've told this story before, but always comes to me, uh, Father Joseph Copeland and I were at a conference and I was dealing with something pretty serious and I had my head down, bowed down. He comes and puts his hand on my shoulder and he said, Father, what's wrong? And I said, I'm just going through all kinds of difficulties right now. And he said, don't worry, Father, it will pass. And then he walked away and he went, but something else will come. <laughs> but something else will come. The people who know Father Copeland know that's, that's a Copelandism. Uh, but that's, that's part of what we are. God is asking us to persevere. He's asking us to, to deal with life, the stuff of life. It doesn't go away, and we may have something, and it goes away, and we may have something, and it continues. We may be given something across that we have to bear the rest of our life. Why? It's so important to know this. Why? Because God is building in you Christian character. It's not just because he wants to make life hard. It's because he wants to build in you character. He wants to build in you faith, love, patience, endurance, long-suffering. He wants those virtues to be deep in us. So that's why we fight through and deal with the struggles that are in front of us, to persevere to build character, and that character builds hope, and that hope then fills us with the love of Christ. So we need to hold on to that. Very important. Okay, the next is, the next, uh, his, uh, the response of the paralytic, I have no one to put me in the water when it's troubled. Uh, that sense of being alone, I think the important thing here is to understand as Christian people, we are not just individuals before Christ, but we are part of the body of Christ. And we live together and we help each other, right? It's, it's about the other. Our life in the church is about the other. I'll share with you a story um, that... It, it, it's the epitome of this effort of helping another. The greatest act, act I've ever seen in sports, and I've seen a lot of sports. Forgive me. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of sports. The greatest act I've ever seen in sports was at Special Olympics in UCLA meet. At UCLA meet, Special Olympics. Powerful. There were... There's kind of degrees of athletes, special athletes. These athletes were very, very talented. And they were great, fast runners, and they were running a 440. And there were two kids that were really good and really fast. They would have wiped me off the face of the map. They were that fast. And they were neck and neck coming to the finish line. They were about maybe 10 yards from the finish line. And they both wanted to win so bad, and they were neck and neck just straining, and one kid trips and falls. 
kid next to him stopped, stopped, picked him up, and they walked across the finish line together. And everybody passed him. They finished like fifth and sixth, you know. That kid got a special award that was presented at the last event, the awards banquet. He got a special award. I'll never forget it. And it said, that's how I want to be. If my friend falls, what do I do? Stop and pick him up. What my goal is, at that moment, my goal is no longer my goal. My goal is to stop and pick him up. That's how we need to be here. We need to be that way here. If we see somebody struggling and stumbling and having difficulty, we need to stop and pick them up. Because the goal, beloved, is to cross the finish line together. Cross the finish line together. We need to stop, pick each other up, and move forward. So if you see your brother or sister struggling, stop. Pay attention. Even if it's just to pray for them. Maybe a visit, maybe a phone call, whatever it might be. But it is our life as Christian people in the body of Christ to be able to pick each other up and cross the finish line together. So we have each other, beloved. We have each other. We don't say, I have no one. I have no one. We live this Christian life together. And we need to understand that that's part of who we are as a community, as the body of Christ, together. So we need to understand that. So see that in yourself, that we need to be able to do this. And then finally, this great admonishment he has to the paralytic, uh, go and sin no more. Go and live a good life. Go live a fulfilled life. Go live a godly life. Okay, I just want to encourage us all that when, when we are dealing with something that is besetting us and ha- we're having difficulty with, maybe it is, uh, uh, maybe it's anger, maybe it's pride, maybe it's uh, a lust, maybe it's gluttony, whatever the problem is. The idea when the Lord says go and sin no more, part of that is to you have to go and not just not sin. Okay? Don't get angry. 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 You know what happens when you try not to get angry? You get angry. So you need to practice the opposite. You need to be loving and kindly, right? So you think kind thoughts. You say kind words. You do kind deeds. That's how you beat anger. You don't beat anger by not being angry. Right? Don't be prideful. 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 You get pride of not being prideful. You have to practice humility to lower yourself, to be a servant. To be a servant, right? To be a servant. Okay? Don't eat that second bowl of ice cream. 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 Don't eat that third bowl of ice cream. You can't beat gluttony by just not trying to be gluttonous. You have to be temperate. You have to understand it's about calming the appetite. Right? I have to practice these things. 
So to go and sin no more isn't not to just not do something. It actually has to be to go do something the opposite. We need to understand this. It's very, very important to us. If we're to conquer our sin, we need to be very aggressively practicing the opposite. So, beloved, may God heal us. May he heal us so that we can live healthy, fulfilled lives in him and to the glory of to his glory and to the benefit of all of us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.